Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. Here at the Loft, our mission is reconciliation. We truly hope this podcast draws you into a new sense of belonging within the loving arms of Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Thank you, God, for your presence in this room today. You guys look so beautiful this morning, just sitting there in the anointing of God, His presence. Would you have a seat? good to just be here today, you know, and let God minister to us. Isn't it funny how we worship him and he ministers to us? We worship God and God pours out his spirit on us. He's infinite and powerful, a wonderful spirit. You know what else happens? He speaks wisdom to us during worship. He gives instruction to our lives during worship. Mark 16, it says, when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, the disciples, he was taken up into heaven, and you know what he did? He sat down. He sat down at the right hand of the Father, at the place of honor, at the Father's right hand. Then he left some really great instruction. Do you know why Jesus sat down? Because he was done. (laughs) But we just had Thanksgiving, so... You cook, and you cook, and you cook. We have a big family, so we have cooking for a couple days, eating for a couple more. (laughs) But you know when you sit down, when you're done, when you're done cooking, when you're ready to eat? Jesus sat down because he already gave every single thing we would need for this life and for godliness to us. And so he has expectation of us. (laughs) It's going to be a great morning. Yeah. (laughs) He has expectation of us to pick up everything that he left and for us to walk forward in it. You guys stretch your hands toward me and pray for me for my voice right now. Uh, <coughs> in the name of Jesus, receive an ability to speak. is good and to be innocent and evil. And then you know what happens if we do that? Then the God of peace will crush Satan Come on. under our feet. Come on. So Jesus sat down and then he left instruction for us for Christians to become disciples and to be excellent at what is good and innocent and evil. And then the God of peace will crush the devil just like that right under our feet. Funny, but her heart's full. 
And so we're going to come and we're going to gather in his yeah. name and we're going to have a good word. Come on. God's going to see us through. So when we're facing hard things, and I know a lot of us are, sometimes it just feels like a giant. It's like, how am I ever going to take that down? I can't do it. I'm not big enough. I don't know how. You know? Just come with this distraction in the name of Jesus. But it's like when, when stuff starts to mount, it's it's the place in David's life where he faces Goliath. Who we're gonna talk about today. Bringing down Goliath. We don't have to live with him. And we're not going to. Not here. You'll never make it here if you let Goliath live with you. You'll never make it. You can't. You can't destroy a demonic stronghold that you're holding hands with. That's right. You just can't. So I'm going to read a little bit of David's story from 1 Samuel. We're just going to jump in. We've been all around David's life and learning so many incredible things from him as we go. Can't wait to meet that dude. He's just like a prince, man. You know, a man after God's heart. Public failure because of his public position. And shares it all, man. It's all there for us to read. Everything. There's no stone unturned. He, you can relate to him on so many levels, but he always comes back to that repentance yes. and healing yes. and leadership. Powerful leadership. This is when he's a boy. This is, you know, this is when he comes upon the scene, and it reminds me kind of of the story of Joseph as we read it. Dad sends the son to go take the brothers some food and check on them and see how they're doing in battle. On Joseph's story, they see him coming in his coat of many colors, and they hate him because he's a dreamer and his dad's favorite. So you know what they do to him? They throw him in a pit. Well, you know, they see David coming, and they're going to mock him a little bit, and they're going to give him some trouble because they watched him get anointed as the king, and they're his big brothers. And big brothers like to boss little brothers around. But sometimes, even the smallest pup can make the biggest difference. And you have to be able to be willing to wear the coat that your father gave you and do what God called you to do. Right. Amen. That was a quote from the Mighty Pudley, in case you didn't see it. You should. <laughs> no, there's a scene where Sky takes on a comet that is infinitely huge. Sky is one of the power pups. She's small, What's that? It's not power pups. What is it called? Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol. The Paw Patrol Mighty Pups. And Sky is small. And she needs power from on high to make her mighty, just like we do. And there's a time when she has to face this comet and she flies into it and there's no way, there's a no foreseeable way that she can win. Because it's huge. She's like a dot and the, and the comet's like huge. But Sky's like, no way, I will do it. All the people on the ground say, save yourself. She says, no way, I gotta do this. And she flies into the comet with the power on high on her. And, and it explodes, that comet explodes, and it doesn't hit the earth, and she saves the day. And then she falls. She has a great fall. She falls all the way down from the sky into the sea, all the way to the bottom of the sea, and we think she's even dead. But the Spirit of God says, boom, come back. I know, this is how I watch movies. This is how I see it. I'm helping the Paw Patrol. Pray for a spirit of sky to believe that we're endued with power from on high. That even the smallest pup makes the biggest difference. That's right. That's right. Because giants are going to try to take you out right. every day. They're going to intimidate you. They're going to speak lies to you. They're going to come at you. People that you've known and loved your whole life are going to say the most ridiculous things that are not true about you. 
And you got to put on that coat that your father gave you and take down some giants, okay? 1 Samuel 17. It says, a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines. His name was Goliath from Gath. <coughs> Listen to this dude. He's six cubits tall. How tall is that? Anybody know? He's nine feet tall. You have some scholars in the room. He's nine feet tall. That's big, guys. That's, that's huge. He has a huge hand span. He has an extra finger in each hand. He had a bronze helmet on his head. He was, he had a bronze helmet, you guys. That's heavy. He was armed with a coat of mail. It's a metal on every side. The weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. It's heavy. It's hundreds of pounds. He had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. And now the staff of the spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer, an armor bearer, went before him. You guys, we're describing giants. If you have a mind that's spiritual, see the enemies that are coming against you. Yeah, they're big. We understand. <clears throat> There's a craving of the flesh. It's strong. And a giant waving a temptation in front of you all the time. Whether it's food or lust or greed or pride. Those things try to destroy us and keep us down and keep us low. And it's not who God is meant for us to be. So he stood then, the giant, and he cried out to the armies of Israel and he said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? You servants of Saul, choose a man for yourselves. Let him come down to me, and if he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I pray these kinds of things over our country right now because I see people you know, talking about Israel today in our country. And I think, man, that's hope, you know, because the Bible tells us to pray for peace in Jerusalem, and we will. We're always going to side with Israel because we belong to God, you know, unless we don't have an understanding, you know. I, and I do believe that God loves all people. I'm not saying that he doesn't. But I pray, why can't we just have somebody come out and two guys fight and settle this? Wouldn't that be great? It's a good idea that, that God has here in the Bible. So Saul is the king. David is coming to bring his brothers some dinner. And he comes upon this scene and he sees it. Now his brothers are like making fun. And they're like, where did you leave those few sheep, David? What are you doing here? Why did you come? You, you know you only came to see the battle. You don't, what are you doing here? Are you going to talk about that one lion you killed that time? <laughs> like that was small. <laughs> right. And they're mocking him for being there. And David, we'll, we'll pick up the story in 29. David says, what have I done now? What have I done to you guys now? He's not Joseph. He is not meek. He is not going to hold it back. And I love that about him. He goes, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Is the Philistine not taunting the armies of Israel? And he turned from them toward another, and he said the same thing. He's asking, what's going on here? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would defy the armies of the living God? The words which, the words which David spoke were heard and then reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistines. You guys, when you take down a giant, 
you have made a way to bring down giants. That's right. For everyone else that would be in your wake. That's right. If they stay with you, your kids get them. If they stay on your kids, your grandkids inherit them. So what you gonna do? You're forced. It's like it's like when a bully is trying to take you on, you have got to say, I'm gonna punch to the face in the name of Jesus. Because I'm not gonna lay down when God has called me to protect and defend. Right? That's the kind of church that we are. Yes. The body of Christ. Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're a youth. And he's been a man of war from his youth. David said, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And he, you know, his brother gave him a great idea. I think we'll talk about that lion now. He said, I used to keep my father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I struck it. And I delivered the lamb from its very mouth. That's what we do here. We reached out and we saved people right out of the jaws of destruction, of poverty, of, of brokenness, of hunger, whatever it might be. That's our job to reconcile people back to God. I reached in and I took the lamb right out of its mouth. That's amazing. When it arose, I caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and a bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. And moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from yes. the hand of this Philistine. Hallelujah. Saul said to David, go, the Lord be with you. I feel God saying, go, I'm with you. We're going to strike down some things in Jesus' name. So Saul put all of his armor on David, and David's like, I can't do it like this. I'm going to need a slingshot and a few stones. you got to wear the coat that God gave you. Yeah. Because you can't go to battle in someone else's armor. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. So he took his staff in his hand, he chose five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in a shepherd's bag only needed one got five i like that just in case the first one misses that's determination i'm going to take you down one way or another are you getting the posture are you feeling it this is what god has for us to do so he drew near the philistine the philistine came up and began drawing near david this is my favorite part and the man who bore the shield went in front of him david goes past the armor bearer right to his target when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he had a disdain for him. He hated him. He was only a youth and ruddy and good-looking. And the Philistine said, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by the gods. Little g. Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And David said, You come to me with a sword and spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. In this day, the Lord will deliver you to my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. Woo. And that's exactly what he did. And there's something about his spirit that just says, when, you know, usually when somebody comes at you, you cower and you hide. And you're like, whoa, whoa, you know. But it, put, it puts you off guard. Loud doesn't mean powerful. That's right. This guy gets jacked up when somebody threatens him. You know, oh, you want to go? Are, are you talking to me? You know? If you want a piece of me, you're going to have to come through blood, you know? And I'm going to come through blood to get to you. Are you getting this? Yeah. This is like a spiritual enlightenment, empowerment to the people of God. Because there's so much more than you think you are. Walking about this planet every day. So David kills him. I took some observations from getting ready to face Goliath. 
hit the right place at the right time. He didn't plan on taking that giant down that day. You know that? <coughs> he planned on having lunch with his annoying brothers. But it's the right place at the right time. You have to be aware of your circumstances. Scott tells me this all the time. Don't sit in your car with your phone. Don't <laughs> make sure you lock the door. Don't stay in a parking lot. You know, be aware of your surroundings. Mark tells me this all the time. Mark gives me little weapons. <coughs> a little pin to break a glass door and go through somebody's throat, I think is what he told me. But I would never do that. <laughs> but I would speak the name of Jesus. It's like, be aware of your surroundings. That's right. Be in the right place at the right time. And then you can see that the Lord is with him. So, second thing, you know, take in your situation and see what's happening. Ask questions. You know, hey, how do I seem to you? You know, how do I seem? Ask your friends. Ask people that you trust. Do I seem like I'm okay? Am I driving too fast? I mean, God can speak to you too. But it's like, what do you want to do at the end of your life? Do you want to have the people that God's given you intact? Because if you don't ask, how am I doing? And how am I, how's it going for me? What's the situation here? What are you observing in the spirit? That's what David did. And what's going to happen to me if I fight this guy? What kind of blessing is God going to unfold on my life if I do this? And there's a lot of stuff, turns out, that's going to happen. And he strategizes, and he figures out that he's not going to wear the king's armor, but he's going to wear the coat his father gave him, and he's going to grab a, grab a slingshot and a stone, and he's going to go. The next thing he does is he steps up. You know, you don't step back. There's a scripture that says, when we shrink back in fear, the Lord is not pleased with us. And I feel like we shrink back all the time. And we have so much that we could be contributing and giving and speaking and saying and doing, and we just shrink back for just like, you know, for convenience or fear or whatever it might be. Why do we shrink back? And David sure didn't. He stepped up. Number four, he doesn't give in to brothers taunting or to the king saying, you can't do this. People, if I went by what people told me, I sure wouldn't be a pastor. Did you know that I'm a girl? You know, it's like, tell me what else I can't do. And I'll, I'll speak to God about it, and I'll show you what else I can do. In the name of Jesus, right? right? He didn't give in to taunting, and we're not going to do that either. Number five, he takes the fuel of the enemy's voice to charge him, and he gets jacked up by it. So I don't know if you guys are aware, but our church was broken into last Sunday. And uh, we have another church that meets in here. And, you know, it's just, we, it's, we, it's impossible to know who or what. But I have this kind of posture. When the enemy comes at me, Yes. And would dare come in the house that my father gave me, yes. un, uninvited, and take something that God gave me, my posture, I run to that battle line. That's why I'm so forced. I've been talking to so many people. I've been telling so many people about the love of God. You know, I've got my friends in town this weekend. I love you guys so much. It's like, I'm going to go above what I was already doing, which was way up here. So you cannot steal from me because I am a blood-bought daughter of God. But what I can do is I give you that stuff. I'll give you every single thing you took. You be blessed. We're tracking you. You be blessed. You know? And then and you know what else? It was like kind of silly. We we put up some some response measures of cameras and things like that. But that's just wisdom. I felt like this. I was like, well, God, we we have those in our business and police never know who did it. It doesn't matter, you know, what what's the point? And God spoke this to me. You'll know who it wasn't. Because your mind will always accuse and assume and think things. But God said, you'll know who it wasn't. Right. I felt a lot of peace in that. And I was like, okay, let's go. I still give it to him. Because you know what the Bible says? When the enemy steals from you, yep. you he has right. to return to you. Come on. Mm -hmm. Seven, Seven times. times. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Man, I can't 
can't even hardly handle what I got. I'm, I'm just going to be like, come on, Jesus. Here it comes. Here comes Malachi more than I can handle. Come on. Get ready to be blessed. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? When, when the enemy tries to come in like a flood and take your health, you're like, I don't, I don't lay down. I am the righteous and the well defending my body. And here I am, standing here. God's healed me just a few weeks ago. Somebody came on on a Sunday morning. You think this doesn't happen all the time? It does. The devil tries to kill me every day. And he's trying to kill you too. He just has to go to different measures with different people. If he knows how to get to you, and it's so easy to just have you stay home. Do you know how many people told me they were going to be here this morning? I think I talked to 32 people yesterday on text on coming here. 32. Okay. And do you know how many people said they're going to be here? And the devil got them so fast and easy. Oh, you're tired. Just stay away. Right. Okay. Yeah. You think they're going to fight a Goliath today? No. They're going to try not to get high today. And I pray that they succeed. You know. We don't condemn that. We keep praying. We keep inviting. We keep opening. We keep, we keep reaching. And we keep offering this presence and peace and righteousness of God. The power of God is what transforms. So we go above and beyond. Just like David, we run to the battle line. So when I'm talking about, you know, the, the only armor that you have that is offensive is a sword. Everything else protects you, defends every, everything the enemy will bring. There's no armor on the back. Did you know that? You know why? Because you're never supposed to retreat or run away. The sword is the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. You have to know the Word of God and what it says. Because that's, <coughs> that's how you're going to remove the head of the enemy. There's no other way to do it. You don't have any power of your own. You can't even make a flower. But you have every power in your hand and in your mouth when you know the Word of God. And you can destroy strongholds. Okay. Some of this is all going to be determined by what you think about yourself. So there's a little little story in the book of Numbers where Caleb and Joshua are going out to spy the land and they're trying to see, you know, if they can take it. God promised them the land. Has God ever promised you something? How dare the devil get in between you and what God promised? Who does he think he is? He's very small in comparison to our God. Okay? But he is a worthy foe at the same time. When he gets in between what God has given you and what God has promised you and you, you have to remove him. Okay. So the spies go to the land to check it out. It's already promised to them. But they came back with the report. All the other spies said, we can't do it. We are like grasshoppers to them. They're giants. Call them the Nephilim. They're giants. We can't defeat them. We are grasshoppers. Okay. If you think of yourself as a grasshopper, a grasshopper you will be. That's right. And so you know what happened? They lose. Joshua and Caleb are like, no, we can take it. Because they don't see themselves as a grasshopper. They see themselves as the blood-bought children of God wearing the coat the Father gave them. They run to the battle line to take what God has given them. Posture yourself. Sometimes you fight. Sometimes you're on furlough. Sometimes you rest. Sometimes you charge. The battle is raging all the time. And you're in the middle of it. So like it or not, you fight or you be bludgeoned to death. Those are your choices. Fight or be bludgeoned to death. Cake or death, which one would you like? Fight or be bludgeoned to death. You're going to fight. You're fighters. You think, I'm a fighter, I'm a lover. Well, if you love, then you're going to fight. Okay. Strongholds to consider. You're not a grasshopper. Okay. 
You are called by God. David is a youth who takes down the giant. You can do it too. Here are the strongholds I want you to consider. And let me just explain what a stronghold is. Okay, remember that scripture in Corinthians that says, you know, our weapons of warfare, they're not of this world, but they're, what is this? I've got it in here somewhere. Weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Well, that's, I mean, I love that scripture, and that's how I live my life, you know? I don't, I don't try to put a scripture stamp on every single thing that happens in life. Man, I've got a foundation that if I see the enemy over there, you better believe I'm going to take him down. I've got enough friends with me that if I can't do it by myself, you know, two can put a thousand to flight. Or, well, how's that go? One can put a thousand to flight, two can send the legions fleeing, right? Okay. So this is, in, this is written to the Corinthian church about these weapons of our warfare, and Paul uses the illustration of a stronghold. <clears throat> So a stronghold is like, it has, it has properties to it. It has walls, it has towers, and it has captives, right? Every stronghold is going to have walls, towers, and captives. And so what happens is, the, you know, the bigger, the bigger the walls, you think the bigger the city. It's not always true. Sometimes you build the big wide wall, so you think it's more than it actually is. And towers are built to exaggerate. You think they would be built strategically to see how far out when the enemy's coming, and that's true, but you only need two stories for that, maybe three. But when you have a tower, it's exaggerated. This is how big we are. It's like, you see a bear, go like this. You know, try to make it look bigger than it is. And, when the, and the captives are prisoners, prisoners of war that have come there. And that's, that was in the natural, in Corinth, at the tower, at the stronghold. In the spirit, when we talk about a stronghold, it's like this. There are three things present. Walls, towers, and captives. In the spirit. The walls represent lies. Okay? Lies can wall you in and keep you shut. They come by a little thing. It might be innocent. It might even just be, you know, it could be anything. It could be the occult. You know, things you don't see on the news that happen all around our, our, our country. Yeah. Things that happen in secret. Man, you know, the occult is alive and well and working. Sometimes you're just dealing with that kind of stuff. But no curse can land on you without a cause, okay? Sometimes it's, sometimes it is demonic activity. I believe in that. I believe in heaven and hell. I believe in the devil. I, I, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe in the supernatural and everything all around us. I see parallels in this world coming from that world all the time. So sometimes it's demonic influence or assault or you know, or whatever he's trying to do to try to trick you or lean you in a direction that isn't God's. Sometimes it's your own willful disobedience. Your own willful disobedience will cause you to end up in this whole mess of things and temptation and broken places and your thought life, okay? Every single thing I just described is a lie. It might be true. It might be true. Okay, my body is obviously having an issue with my throat, right? I obviously have this examples to speak about right now. But the truth is that by Jesus stripes I'm healed. Okay, so it might be true that I have some sickness on my, my throat or my body. I forgive you, Lord gave it to me. Um, <laughs> but the truth is I'm bought with blood. Okay? And I will say so. I will recover. See the difference? Something true might be going on, but the truth is more powerful than what you see. It's true. Okay, get that? The lie of the enemy will come at you and say it's never going to change. 
always going to be this way. You know, you can't do it. You're not enough. It's always going to remain like this. Those are lies. And little by little, because even though the devil does want to steal, kill, and destroy, he wants to build a stronghold around about your thinking so that you stay a Christian. Yeah, you're saved by grace. It doesn't matter because you're never going to do anything good. He doesn't care. As long as he can keep you in bed, keep you home, eating pancakes, and keep you away from the saints of God. Stop giving. Don't give to the kingdom. Don't do that work. It's Christmas. you got stuff to do. Be stingy. It doesn't matter. Tithing's, tithing's not real. That's, that's Nobody believes in that anymore. Okay. You know, thank God for the 10% of people that do believe it so we can keep something going around here. Right? This is all that God's given us to be responsible for right here. I am having fun. This stronghold. A tower is an exaggeration. Okay, so something will start to happen in your in your thought life, and those walls of deceit and lies start to be built up, and then towers begin to erect, and so the situation becomes exaggerated, and you think I can never overcome this. There's no way. I'm stuck in the middle. I can't go here, and I can't go here. I'm just in the middle. I'm stuck in a stronghold that the enemy has made. And the captives, get this, the captives in your stronghold right now is you and your family. And what you're going to do is you're going to flip that switch and you're going to make the captive the thoughts. And you're going to start to bring down towers of exaggeration right out loud. I don't care if you have to say the name of Jesus 500 times in right. one day. Do what you got to do right. to get your situation right. right. Okay? Until all I care about is you. Until everything I see is you. Until everything I'm doing comes from you. Right? Okay. Almost done. Couple, about 30 more minutes. Okay. A couple strongholds to consider. Fear. You going to be okay? Do I need to call 911? Fear is an intensely unpleasant emotion, right? And it creeps up in response to perceiving or recognizing that you're unsafe. So you get afraid. Fear is, man, it's another Disney movie reference, but like, you guys have to help me with what movie it is with the little dragon. Is it Mulan? The little dragon? Okay. It's a little guy that's like her spirit guide and follows her around. He's little. And man, there's a point where he's trying to cause fear. And so what he does is he gets in front of a light that casts a big shadow. And so he looks ginormous. He's this big, but he looks that massive. That's what fear is. Do you know how I know? Because if you, it's a bully. And if you stop and face it, it goes, and it has no more power. But as long as you run from it, it's got you. So you got to stop and turn around. Just like when you're in the basement and you're coming up, doing the laundry, and you have that feeling, oh my God, somebody's going to grab my feet. <laughs> I live in this world, I know. Uh, that's why I don't watch, I don't feed that stuff to my brain. I can't, I have a daughter that is not here this morning. Who no, she is here, actually. Who likes scary movies. And I think, girl, you're dangerous. Because, I mean, i got to come up from the, from the basement some, at some point. I gotta open my cupboard at some point. I don't want. I don't want some jumping. I, just, I can't do that. So I keep. I protect it. My eyes and my ears. You have to protect that all the time so that I can walk in the power of God when I need to, and not walk in fear. Fear is a stronghold. It'll land on you. It'll get on you. It'll build walls of lies and towers of exaggeration. And 
told you cancer. Fear does that. We're coming after it today. That's right. Secondly, anger. A strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Do you ever get mad? Mm -hmm. You got an anger problem? Mm -hmm. Anger masks fear. What are you afraid that's going to happen? What are you afraid? Trey, you have all the issues. Remember that from a couple weeks ago? God, God has already bought you. He, all of your days are already numbered. He already knows how long you're going to be here. His life is a great birth. Eternity on the other side. Right? What are you afraid of? Anger masks fear. Another one, rejection. This is when you dismiss. Hey, Amari, it's my turn. Put your back in. Rejection. When you dismiss or refuse something or someone. Rejection is interesting because it'll be like, you know, you ever get around somebody, even in this very room, and you just think, no, oh, I don't want to be around them. And you're just like, no, I'm going to skip over here so I can talk to them. Even in a room this small, it happens. Because the spirit of rejection will cause the person to feel rejected, and it will cause the people around about them to reject them. It's a spirit. It's a stronghold. We're coming after it. In Jesus' name. You're not rejected here. You're safe here. You belong here. You live here. This is your city. This is your church. This is your family. You have a place, right? Rejection has to go. Depression. This is when we get disappointed in ourselves. We get depressed. We feel like we, we failed again. We didn't make it happen. We go in a slump. We start to feel sad and let all, all of our emotions begin to take over and we just depress. There's no air in it. It's got to go to. <coughs> Where did you get this list from psychology today? This is what the majority of people deal with and feel all the time. Fear, anger, rejection, depression, self-hatred, and abuse. Self-hatred. I sabotage everything I try to do with my own mouth. You know, you talk about curse words. Man, curse words are not just cussing. I think sometimes Jesus went around Peter, man. I'm just telling you, yeah. sometimes a cuss word is hilarious. And, and it's not, it, that's not a curse word that I'm talking about. I'm talking about curse words about your life, right. calling yourself weak or a failure or small or ugly or insignificant or broken. Those are lies. Those are lies that are exaggerated that cause you to have depression and self-hatred and self-loathing and then hurt yourself. That's coming down in Jesus' name. Yes. Last one is abuse mistreatment of a person intentionally to, buy, to try to be in control if we feel out of control you know we become control freaks if we feel like it's not being managed adequately or appropriately and listen i'm talking to myself this is one of my this is one stronghold that has to come down try to can you can't control people guys you can't you cannot so just take your hand off of that and let god handle the situation he knows how and he is moving. When there's abuse going on, the, the countenance of a person looks down. They can hardly look another person in the eyes, the victim. And the abuser, the controller, the abuser, you know, walk, is walking around just like can't even hardly breathe because they feel so out of control and they're longing, looking for God to have a place to, to manifest control. But, but he doesn't do it fast enough. He, he's not big enough. He's not moving adequately. And that control freaks opinion, and so they have to control it. And it just lives like a stronghold that's got walls that are full of lies that have a tower that's exaggerated. That has to come down. Right? Yeah. See, see why the devil tries to shut this kind of a message down? Man, I almost called Greg and said, can you just go read it? 
<laughs> Square I'm at. My voice came as soon as I got in the parking lot. Yes. So your eyes and your ears, Nahal, top rows to your soul. It might be how something comes in. So every night before you go to bed, Lord, examine my heart. Tell me if there's any evil way in me. Lead me in an everlasting path. Psalm 139, the last couple verses. Show me what I did today that pleased you, God. And speak to me. Listen, if you have trouble sleeping, anybody, try prayer. Try reading your Bible. It's <laughs> take care. Okay? You know, lay there, read the Bible, and pray. Pray for your friends and your family that are in this room, that aren't in this room, that should be. Pray for your coworker, man, that needs Jesus so badly. You have an opportunity to reach. Right? You start praying. You start lifting up these things. God, what is in me that doesn't please you? And offer it to him. God, what, you know, what is in me that does please you? And let me walk in that strength every night before you start to fall asleep. Because that's how you stay clean. That's how you stay rid of sin and, and, and you stay clean of all that kind of influence that would be trying to kill you every day. Because God wants you to have life. He's stronger than the devil, so he wins. Right? Joy is a, is a factor that you'll notice. When you start to overcome these things, you're going to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, even in the middle of some of these trials and temptations. If you don't have joy yet, you know why? You're not done. And that's okay. You know, Because when you're done, that's when you sit down. When you're done, that's when the joy will come. So let me read the scripture to us one more time, and let me pray. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not a gun, it's not a tank, it's not a knife, not mace. But they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. It's the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the word of God, and testimony. You're so strong. You have so much, you're armed and dangerous. You are armed and dangerous. You've got the word of God. Even if you just know a little, that's all you need. It's, it's amazing how a little bit of the word can just dispel fear, dispel brokenness, speak to insecurity, build somebody who feels rejection. Powerful. You've got the blood of Jesus. You don't know what to do when you're going through a situation. You don't know how to bring down Goliath. Just start talking about the blood of Jesus. Go. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Get some grape juice. Jesus, I know that's not your blood, but I'm going to look at it like it is. That's how we do communion. Lord, I just look at your blood, and I thank you for it. Put it all over yourself. Get crazy. Put it on the doorpost. Drink it. The blood of Jesus is a healer. Whatever you got to do to bring that Goliath down in your life so that you can have the domino effect of bringing down Goliath after Goliath after Goliath and everyone else. The weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We've talked about this before, but if, you, if you're thinking, well, how am I going to control my thoughts? I can't control my thoughts. They just come in there. Yeah. Let's do a little exercise, shall we? I want you to, in your mind, say the ABCs. Go. Now say your name. Say your name out loud. Did it stop the ABCs? Yes. Yeah, it sure did. So every time you have a thought that is coming and you speak out loud, it overrides your thought. Okay? If you don't have an original thought, get your Bible. Oh, you're going to lose. You're a loser. You're never going to make it. They hate you. Nobody likes you. Go, go eat worms. You heard it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. 
Can you hear the sound of your sword coming out of its cheek now? <laughs> you Did you see the glint on the edge of it when you pulled it out? Because now you're starting to understand. Oh, I don't have to live with a stronghold. I have to live with lies and exaggerations that the devil's trying to make me small. I am above. Child of God, I'm sorry, and TJ, why don't I have it then? I'm a blood bought child of God, and you better yes. watch yourself around me. Yes. You better watch yourself around the people of God in this room. You're going to come in this place and try to steal from us? You can't steal from us. We give it to you. And you know what? Else? Get behind me. Okay? Here we go. Shields up. Right? We make the fillings. Fillings? All around. Shields up. We can't get in here. It's we're indestructible. We are bought by the, by the blood of Jesus. You guys stand up. Hey, listen. Any of these strongholds are laying on your life, I want you to lift your hands in the air right now. Lift your hands in the air if you've got fear, if you've got anxiety, if you've got depression, if you've got self-hatred or abuse, if you've got any rejection, any of this stuff coming against you. In the name of Jesus Christ, come down right now. There is no weapon formed against you that can prosper. The weapon may be formed, but it will not and the weapons of our warfare are powerful and mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Now put your hand on the shoulder of somebody who's got their hands up right now. Put your hand on the shoulder of somebody. Look, this is your day, man. We are not playing around. We belong to God. How dare the enemy come in here? How dare him try to come in here and tell you something that you're not? Every lie of the enemy come down in Jesus' name. Every wall that has been built come down in the name of Jesus. Every tower that exaggerates a problem that says you can't overcome, you can't overcome. You are bought by the blood of Jesus. Listen, feel your spirit inside you begin to move when we talk about this stuff. You know it's true. Father, have your way in these people. We're looking for a fresh outpouring. We're believing, God, for these towers to come down in Jesus' name. That we might live as the remnant that you put us here on this earth to be. No weapon for me. That's prosperous. Father, fill our hearts and our spirit with your might and your power and your ability to make a decision and your ability to walk and bring freedom. Be hope dealers everywhere that we go in this earth. In the name of Jesus. Christmas season. So we have a total of, I think it's seven children and then three parents with them. On the back by the sound booth, you will see tags for each individual with suggested gifts for that person. It tells you the age, the sex, and the item. There are some items that are bigger items. I encourage you guys to partner up, come together and see if you guys can donate to something and come together. I also have this sheet that will be back on the cafe. If you take a tag, it has a tag number, put your name down next to it so we know who has what. And we're asking that everything be due back in two weeks. So two weeks from today. Yeah, and then one more thing too. I think that was that microphone. That's impressive. Um, on Christmas Eve service, that's going to be our Christmas service, 
And we're going to do baptism. Yeah. If anybody wants to get baptized. Okay. So it's going to be good. I love you guys. And uh, if you have an offering, go back there and see Christine and Zip Zip or get on Amplify or whoever has it. And I love you. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast. You can learn more about the Loft Gathering by visiting loftgathering.com or by joining us for Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. Till next time, be blessed.